Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Challenges in conducting ethical research. In line with the pervasiveness of liberal progressivism in academic institutions, which is a natural offshoot of the emergence of rights-based modes of governance, universities and research institutions have institutionalized research ethics as a precondition to any scientific inquiry, particularly when it involves human subjects. Research ethics is grounded on seven basic principles and considerations. These include respect for persons, particularly their autonomy and those with diminished autonomy ensuring that the research will benefit society and will maximize its social value that would outweigh the risks and harm, that it must be fair and should promote justice in terms of the distribution of benefits and burdens, that there must be informed consent from the research subjects and participants, that there should be confidentiality and that mechanisms for data protection are in place, that there should be integrity in the conduct of the research in accordance with the accepted ethical standards of a discipline, and that there should be no conflict of interest on the part of the primary investigator. I have been given the privilege of being appointed as a member of my university's research ethics board, my having personal issues with the process notwithstanding. In fact, I would like to consider my presence in the body as an opportunity to provide the process some reflexivity and to create space for critical introspection. We need to problematize the concept and the process if only to fulfill the role of the university as a place for critical thinking and for critically engaging constructs that admittedly were started in health research that involved human subjects. As such, the main logic for protecting the human body as the object of the inquiry and the rights of the human individual who owns that body would be very much different compared to when the study is about the development of human communities. The ethical challenges to social inquiry become more defined when seen in the context of those research designs, which would entail violating some of the above-mentioned ethical considerations. For example, qualitative research designs include participant observation to ensure authenticity. One type of participant observation is complete incognito immersion, which would violate the requirement of informed consent. The ethical requirement of absence of conflict of interest would be a problem in participatory action research, or when it is an autoethnography or would involve a community where the primary investigator is a part of. And yet, this kind of research would be the most empowering and appropriate for marginalized and vulnerable groups since it ensures not only familiarity between the researcher and the researched. It also optimizes the social value of the research since it would ensure that problems are seen from the lens of the community, or what is referred to as an emic perspective. There is a tendency to oversimplify the rubric of benefits and risks, where some ethical reviewers assume that any risk or harm to the participants would be unethical. The more problematic premise is that when scientific rigor becomes an indicator variable for ethical research, the scientific validity of the research design would optimally ensure the valued benefits of the research as if anything scientifically rigorous will not have adverse moral consequences. We should be reminded that what is at issue is ensuring that the benefits derived from the research outweigh the potential harm or risk. A related problem emerges when included in the ethical consideration are restraints imposed on researchers to inquire into subjects that are more powerful than them. This is a misplaced interpretation of minimizing research-related risks, for it implies that there is an ethical line that can possibly be transgressed if one conducts research on political elites who are far from being vulnerable. In situations like this, what is required is to enable researchers' welfare and give them ample protection and training to handle respondents who are in positions of power. This should never be construed as an ethical issue.
An associated problem emerges when much emphasis is placed on scientific rigor and on social value as metrics to evaluate the ethical content of research. Emphasizing scientific rigor can easily be appropriated by purists who look down upon non-traditional research methodologies, such as qualitative research designs, interpretivist social science methods, and inquiries in the arts and the humanities. Focusing on social value would further contribute to the marginalization of basic research that may not necessarily offer immediate social value in the humanities that are often seen as useless by many. We cannot countenance a situation where we conduct an ethical review of proposed research through our noble attempt to protect vulnerable sectors of society, but we contribute to the further marginalization of vulnerable epistemologies and disciplines in academia. Ideally, the conduct of ethical reviews of proposals should be already embedded in the culture of research that is acquired and lived by individual academics and research institutions. Ethical reviews should be enforced differently compared to vetting of manuscripts for publication, where external blind peer reviews would be proper. A more appropriate review process is to capacitate and empower individual graduate students, researchers and faculty to acquire an ethical mindset in any inquiry they conduct as part of the research culture of the university. However, the more pervasive modality is to rely on external or third-party ethical review bodies with the intent of ensuring that there is no conflict of interest. Thus, the ethical review process becomes an exercise of policing academic inquiries instead of a developmental, self-regulatory mechanism to mainstream ethical inquiries in the conduct and consciousness of academic research. This becomes problematic when the ethical review board is perceived to encroach on the prerogatives of review bodies, like peer reviewers or dissertation and thesis committees, particularly on matters like how the research is designed. There is a problem when ethical reviewers impose on researchers the rubric of respecting research participants but would, in effect, not respect the judgments of other academics. We cannot have a system where, in order to ensure ethical conduct for research, we commit unethical transgressions against the work of our peers.